In All the Little Bird Hearts, debut novelist Victoria Lloyd Barlow has created a richly drawn psychological drama set in the late 1980s about a woman, Sunday Forrester, who is autistic. This is Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. The novel is set in 1988, before autism was as widely diagnosed as it is today. But as readers, we pick up subtle cues about Sunday's neurodivergence. She only eats white food, for example, and she doesn't like to look at clocks. She can't always interpret facial expressions. An etiquette handbook helps guide her through social situations. This book comes in handy when the glamorous Vita and Rollo move in next door. They arrive and upend the life Sunday managed with her teenage daughter Dolly, named after Sunday's late sister Dolores. We learn about Sunday's ex-husband, her job in the greenhouses on the farm of her former in-laws, and the ways she likes the attention she seems to be getting from Vita, her neighbor. Vita is glamorous and cosmopolitan, but there's one thing she doesn't have that Sunday does, a daughter. The first-person narration in this novel takes us right into the mind of Sunday, into the mind of this autistic woman who is a mother who loves her daughter and who is just who she is. I talked to Victoria Lloyd Barlow about her novel, All the Little Bird Hearts. When people ask you what your novel is about, what do you say? I think primarily it's about a mother and a daughter. Um, That's probably the most important relationship in the book for me. So I think it's really about motherhood, about parenting a teenager, about learning to let your children go and how difficult that is. I think that's where the center of the book is for me. The main character is Sunday Forrester. We learn that she has very particular behaviors. Um, For example, uh, she only eats white food. She only drinks carbonated drinks. She doesn't like clocks. We surmise that she is autistic and Perhaps in the late 1980s, which is when the novel is set, that idea of neurodivergence was not so out in the open. I mean, it was, but not in the ways that it is today. I don't think I knew even the word neurodivergence. So maybe there was less of an awareness of a spectrum. So we are in the Lake District of England. It's the late 1980s. Why this setting? Why this decade, that very particular time period for you? What was so compelling about this time period? For me, I wanted Sunday to explore her condition outside the current way of thinking about autism. So I wanted it to be in an era before we had the language that we have now around autism and before we had some of the fixed beliefs that we have now about autism and gender especially. So it was important to me that Sunday could really come to understand herself in an entirely interior way so she wasn't looking at how she conformed or didn't conform to expectations about autism or being neurotypical. I just wanted to give her more freedom than that and to understand herself more completely because I think a lot of the current thinking around autism has been formed by neurotypical people and not by autistic people. And I didn't want Sunday to be coming to understand herself 
from an outsider's perspective. I wanted her to be inside her condition and really to come to peace with herself. Um, so that's why I set it in the 1980s. And I set it in the Lake District because Sunday's mother has a deep love for the landscape in which they live. And her mother's relationship with the Lake District is almost more than her relationship with Sunday. And I wanted Sunday to kind of see her mother loving the lakes and rejecting her to some extent, but to remain understanding. And the Lake District is such a beautiful area. For me, that setting is almost a character in itself in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and the lake is very important to the family and to the way things turn out for the family. So the lake is all, always there kind of haunting them, but being so beautiful at the same time. And that comparison is something that relates to some of the characters in the book as well, that kind of consistent beauty and danger being tied together. Yes, I can, I can certainly see that. And the character of Sunday is also really taken with this idea of the mythology of Southern Italy and Sicilian folklore. There's so much of that in this book. Is that a particular passion of yours? Yeah, it was quite a treat for me to write that actually, because that's something that I'm really interested in and fascinated by. And I wanted in the book to demonstrate how for many autistic people, our chosen interests are a way of relating to the world. So when Sunday, for example, is stressed or not understanding a situation, she'll turn to her subject, which happens to be um, Italy, and she'll look for that as a way to translate the world around her. And for Sunday, it happens to be Italy, but for a lot of autistic people, whatever their chosen interest is, it can often function as a way of translating the things around them that are harder to understand. So true, and this goes back to what we were saying about how there are stereotypes out there about autistic people being drawn to STEM subjects, or like the precision of math and science and not so much art and stories and writing. I feel like exactly right, like this book, and, and also a story like your own, uh, because you are also autistic, really helps this in sort of regards to just diminishing these kinds of stereotypes that are out there. So I really like knowing that uh, this idea, and I can understand it, this idea about integrating a particular passion of yours in the story and the character can use it to interpret things that are going on around her. Uh, not entirely like, but sort of like the way she uses the etiquette rules of Edith Ogilvy. <laughs> it's a little different. That book by Ogilvy becomes a little bit of a touchstone for Sunday uh, all the time because it becomes particularly important when Vita moves into the house next door and Sunday's trying to figure out how to manage her exchanges with this very interesting uh, woman who moves in next door. Can you talk about Vita a little bit? Um, yeah, Vita was quite a joy to write, actually, because she's so opposite to Sunday. And she's so at ease in the world, so sure of herself, and so sure of her charm. So I really wanted her to function as an opposite for Sunday. 
So I think at the beginning of the book, we can see that Sunday is very much in awe of Vita and wants to be like her and becomes very self-critical because she's not like Vita in any way, really. And as she gets closer to Vita, it helps Sunday to understand the positive aspects of her differences. Because while she doesn't have Vita's charm, she also doesn't have Vita's superficiality. And she doesn't do things to impress people. She does things because she believes they're the right thing to do. So Vita really works to kind of show Sunday that although she has differences, some of those differences come with real integrity and authenticity. So that's where Vita worked for me is as an aid to Sunday to help her really understand herself. It's so true because it, all of her roles are a little bit fraught as a daughter, as a sister, as a wife, ex-wife, as a mother, and finally as a friend. Because we have her first-person point of view, there's so much that we learn about her experiences in these roles. And you're right, with every other character, with every relationship, we see that that Sunday is the character who really is immutable in in how she's going to comport herself. Even if she's going to follow, you know, the Ogilvy etiquette book, she's still going to be entirely herself. I mean, Vita is somebody that she admires. She's attracted to in very particular ways. We see that her daughter, Dolly, also wants to be like Vita. And there's this very interesting thing that happens. But in the end, it, you know, it is, in fact, Sunday who emerges again and again as a character who's just so comfortable. And I don't know if that's the right way of saying it in her own skin, who is just who she is. And and, and that, that idea about authenticity, I think, is very, very important in this book. Yes, um, I think that's at the center of the book. And I think at the beginning of the book, Sunday is less comfortable with who she is, particularly in relation to Vita and Dolly. Then hopefully as the book goes on, the reader will see that she comes to really accept herself. Yes. And to accept the parts of her that aren't necessarily about appeal and charm, but really are about authenticity. So yeah, I'd agree that's that's really central to the book for me. And this novel started out as part of your work for your PhD. Incredibly, it became your first published novel, and your first published novel was then longlisted for the Booker Prize. What has been your experience then to be to go from, and I and I know you didn't you didn't graduate from high school, and you went you went to school, you got your PhD, then your novel is published, then you're longlisted for the Booker. What's what's life been like for you? And this has been such a fast track. What is what is all this recognition been like for you? I mean, obviously, it was very unexpected, the long listing. When I wrote the book, it was it was what I wrote as part of my PhD thesis. So although with a PhD, the intention is that you'll write something that's good enough to be published, original enough to be published, but I wasn't writing it with any expectation that I would be published or that the book would become a real book. It was just my, it was my thesis and I really enjoyed studying because I left school at 16 without taking any exams. Then I only went back to education when my youngest children started school. And I thought I would just do my 
degree and that went really well. So I did a master's degree and then my PhD, which turned into the book, but it was not at all a plan that it would be a book. It really was just my PhD thesis. And I didn't love studying when I was younger, but as a mature student, I really, really loved study and I really enjoyed the PhD. And I felt really fortunate to be doing the study, but I didn't expect to end up with a published book. So that was a big surprise. And then the long listing was, I mean, just something I was not even, had never even considered. It just was a complete shock and really a really lovely shock, but a really big surprise. Oh, it's so awesome and and so well-deserved. I just love this book. Now, you are a mom. Um, I read someplace that because you were so busy you're so busy with so many responsibilities, you didn't have the luxury of these long periods of time where you're just riding somewhere. Instead, you thought about the story in your mind, and then you wrote in borrowed moments when you could. But has that changed? With this wonderful success that you've had, what is your writing process like now? I mean, it seems like it was a winning recipe, <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe you shouldn't change anything about it, but has it changed? Well, when I was writing the PhD, I had a certain amount of words I had to get done every week, a certain amount of research I had to do, so I was quite disciplined with that side of it. But also, when I was thinking about the creative side, I would just write things on my phone um, and make notes to myself around the house and do things that way so I never missed anything. And it worked fine. And when I was lucky enough to get some time in the library at the university, I could be really productive then as well. But I think, yeah, I found a a way of working that just really suited me. And being someone who hadn't been in education um, in the traditional sense, coming back to education, I think I was just so grateful to be in university, to have access to the library, that... I just felt really fortunate to be doing it. I really enjoyed it all. It didn't feel like work at all to me doing the PhD. Yeah. Um, Now I'm working full time, so I don't have time really to do any writing. I hope that will change again in the future. But at the moment, I'm just um, working quite long hours, so I don't really get to write anymore. Uh, But is there another book coming? I mean, I'd like there to be, but... Mm -hmm. I think I need a period of time to write it. Yeah. Um, so n- not not for the moment while I'm working, but hopefully if I get some time in the future, I've got uh-huh. I've got a plan for my next book and I've got about three chapters, but I think I'll just need a block of time to work on it more. Um, yeah. I work quite long days at the moment, so I, there's just no time, no time to write just now. Hopefully that will change in the future. I hope so too. There Thank is you. not a... There's not a single page in All Little Bird Hearts that I did not underline and highlight heavily <laughs> for Thank you. some incredible description, some, some turn of phrase or some new thing about this Sicilian folklore, or some image, something. And the book has been described as a psychological drama, and it is that, and a page turner. But it is also about such profound things to do with what each one of us, like Sunday, what each one of us can carry 
into our relationships, our expectations, our, our fears, and our aspirations. What is it that you hope new readers coming to this book now will find in these pages, maybe more than anything else? What's, what is one thing that you hope readers will discover in these pages? I think, I hope that readers will, by coming to understand Sunday, they will also come to understand all those things that we have in common as autistic people and neurotypical people, that um, in terms of parenting and family relationships, we can all struggle with the same things. And I think just maybe to be more understanding of ourselves and of each other, to make less assumptions about other people and how they're doing things. I think if you read Sunday, you can see that she's working very hard at her relationships and at understanding the people around her, even though she doesn't always manage to do that. And Sunday's mother makes the mistake of thinking Sunday isn't easy socially because she's not trying somehow. <laughs> but the people that read the book and understand Sunday understand that Sunday is trying very hard to work things out, but it's just not clear to her. So I hope readers will engage with Sunday and hope for the best for her. Victoria Lloyd Barlow, thank you so much. What a thrill and what an honor to get to talk to you today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your time. It was lovely to speak to you. Victoria Lloyd Barlow is the author of All the Little Bird Hearts. It was long listed for the 2023 Booker Prize. This has been Book Public from Texas Public Radio. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. Jacob Rizzotti composed our theme music. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Yvette Benavides. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.